0: Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey and today I'm joined by Light Reading editor Mike Dano and we're going to talk about the price of 5G.
1: Hello, hello. Thanks for having me.
0: Glad to have you. Uh, Thanks for being here. And uh, yeah, so all the major carriers have put a stake in the ground um, as far as where they're at in 5G in the U.S. They've all said we're going to offer service. Um, They've they've either launched their 5G service or they're very close to launching 5G service. They're in some cities and not others. It's all over the place. And the thing I want to get into today, um, especially after I went to the Sprint 5G launch in Dallas, is pricing. What is this going to cost? Because make no mistake, consumers, you are going to pay for this. Um, are you though? That's the well, <laughs> that's the good question. It's true. That's the question. Yeah. I feel like it's gonna get it's gonna get bundled into the cost of of what you do some way or another. But so first off, I guess the most logical place to start is let's review how all the different uh major US telcos, the big four, are handling uh 5G pricing.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah, that's why I say it's like I don't know if anyone's paying anything more right now in, in the standard way that you would pay more for something, for something faster or better. Like I'm thinking, you know, if I had an internet connection and it, and it got twice as fast and then my provider was like, okay, you can access this, the speed, but you have to pay $10 extra per month. Like that kind of makes sense to me. And yeah. so far, no one's doing that in 5G. That's that's the craziest thing. It's like there's no you don't there's no one's doing that, and no one said that they're going to do that. So like right now, we've got a whole bunch of we, we're six months into the official 5G this 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 brand new 5G amazing 5G world, and <laughs> right now, as far as I can tell, no one's paying a a dollar extra for it. Now I don't know if that's going to change, but that's kind of where we are right now.
0: That's it. Yeah, that's okay. So that's where I wanted to start was is is that perception of hey this is just going to be bundled into the thing because one of the things that sprint did that was interesting was um, they announced no new pricing plan what they simply said was 5g service is only available on our most expensive plan and i have no idea how many people are on their most expensive plan now i assume that's um, i assume the reason they have a most expensive plan like all pricing uh, psychology <laughs> is they're trying to get people to buy the middle plan right and now they're actually telling people oh you know what our our top tier plans pretty good too yeah um so i wonder i wonder if they're going to if they're going to stick to that or if they're going to eventually when it gets to more places will they eventually push 5g into their mid tier plan or right
1: they're... yeah it's it's going to be real interesting to see how this all plays out and honestly i've been surprised i thought I thought it was going to be an add-on. It was going to be a ten dollar a month, five dollar a month, whatever. You know, buy this top-up plan. You get a hundred dollars a year. You get five G. Like that makes sense to me, and it makes sense to me from a, you know, it's it's new. It's better. You should pay more for it. It's a valuable thing that you'll want to pay more for. I think that they're honestly. I think that that. The, the reason that we're not seeing that now is because it is not, <laughs> it's not worth paying more for. Like there's just right. not, you know, it's just not much there to, to pay for. Y- I wonder either.
0: if they are being very careful not to uh, poison the well exactly. with, with consumers because there's uh, that, well, okay. I thought, I thought Verizon was adding on 10 bucks or did they just talk about
1: it? Yeah. So, I mean, right. That, that Verizon has been sort of the, the, uh, this, the, 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 the carrier to follow here, they've been sort of setting the standard as, as things go. And yes, when they launched a few months ago in the two, in two cities, they launched mobile 5g on millimeter wave in two cities. And when they did that, they said, it's going to be an extra $12 or sorry, extra $10 per month. And you can't use it unless you have our two most expensive plans. Right. And so, you know, that kind of launched that, that sort of set the stage. Um, but as soon as, you know, as soon as they launched and and people discovered that it was only available on a, you know, few square city blocks, uh, <laughs> right. that pricing, obvi- you know, instantly became, you know, utterly ridiculous uh, and laughable. And so Verizon basically said, oh, we're not going to do that, you know, and, and, yeah. but they did it in a, in a smart way, I think, which is that we're going to waive that fee for an undetermined amount of time, meaning right. we could bring it back when it becomes valuable enough or when we need more money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, and, and right. I think that that makes sense to me. Is like, you know, it, 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 that, so when people are signing up for service, it's like, you know, we've got this extra $10 charge, you don't have to pay it, but you know, it, it is yeah. there, you know, we're it, sort of like hinting that, you know, it might be, it might be something that you might have to face at some time, at some point in the future. Uh, that we have, we have not arrived to, at that point yet, but, but I, uh, that makes sense to me.
0: Yeah. There's still the, um, uh, uh, I still have a bad taste in my mouth from back when HD service first started with, uh, you know, I think I had dish network at the time and one of the dish services might've been direct TV. I think it might've been dish, but when they first rolled out high definition service, it was like, Oh, HD is here. By the way, you know, you need to first of all front us some money for a more expensive DVR. So that was one thing. Then the second thing was they were going to tack on like a $10 or $15 a month fee because this was such an amazing service or whatever. And then eventually price competition and everything else sort of made the fees go away. And then eventually the hardware charge went away as storage prices, you know, continued to fall. And you kind of felt stupid for being ripped off during that first surge of, uh, of people changing their standard definition systems over to HD, it was like, man, I should have just waited six months. What was I think? What was I thinking that yeah. I just gave them that money for no reason.
1: But on the other hand, like, you know, the, the, the opposite argument, argument could be made that you, as a consumer, you were told that this was valuable, and, and, so when you did get it, you were excited because you knew yeah. that, it, you know, initially, Hey, this cost all this money and now I'm getting it for, uh, you know, not as much money and what a good deal, because, you know, this is clearly a more valuable service because they were charging me more for it. Yeah. And so, so if you, if you're not doing that, then your expect, you know, your expectations are different. If you're, if you're, if you're not being charged anything extra for it, well, it must not be worth it.
0: That's yeah. That's interesting too, because um, I I don't recall being upset until I realized that my neighbor who waited six months got everything I got for free. Um, when I was watching everything and had paid for it, I felt like the king of the world. It was the greatest, you know. First HD systems were were pretty amazing. The thing with five G, well, first of all, I I do think the carriers are smart not to really um. Uh, not to be too hardcore on pricing at the moment because, uh,
1: yeah, there's not much to pay for. There's not much to pay for. And like
0: I was saying in the, you know, in the piece I wrote about Sprint, it's like Sprint's done something that the other two carriers haven't done yet, which is I can actually go downtown now or go, go into Dallas and buy a handset and get 5g on a smartphone. And you can't do that. with yeah, AT&T exactly. and you can't do that with Verizon and that that drives me nuts because AT&T made all this uh all this stupid noise about being the first to 5G and all they do is deliver it on this hockey puck that you have to then hop over you know it's like your your data has to hop from one device to another and you know th- then connect to your smartphone via right. Wi-Fi it's and so crazy- silly
1: it's the crazy thing about AT&T is that they're still not selling it, you know, in regular retail stores to regular customers. Like I just yeah. I find I find that notion shocking in that they can still claim, you know, they were the, whatever, the first of 5G, the best in the world, the greatest that's ever been born. And, (laughs) and, and and it's, and, and still, you know, six months after launch, I I can't get it. No one, no, no normal person can get the AT&T 5G service. It's
0: it's all nonsense. It's it's, like they launched 5G to a handful of their executives and a couple of their fanboys. Mm -hmm. Um, But you walk into any store and they just go, oh, it's going to, going to be here really soon.
1: You know, and on the other hand, like, I can totally see what their strategy is. They... You know, they they want to put their flag in the ground. They want to have their cake and eat it too. They want to say that they launched it. They want to be yeah. at the you know cutting edge of technology. They want to be able to test it in a commercial environment. They want to gain, you know, the understanding of how this is going to perform and what they need to do to make this a real service. But they don't want to face any of the backlash that Verizon has faced of, oh, it's only available in one city block. And what? Are you crazy? It costs an extra $10. They've basically like leapt over all of the problems that it, that Verizon is running into by launching it this way so that, you know, theoretically if they if they do end up selling it to regular people like me, uh, at some point, uh, you know, they can do it they can do it in the way that that they think will be best, having, you know, generated all this data and, and learn and have had all these learnings from what they've been doing so far and still claim to be the first and the best and and the biggest and the whatever they're going to claim. So, you know, in, in terms of, in terms of like strategy, I'm kind of thinking it's, it's not a bad strategy. It's, it's kind of crappy, you know, but it, I'm not sure in terms of strategy, it's like, it's that, you know, if you're playing soccer and you're the guy who's constantly falling on the ground, pretending to be hurt, like, you know, it's not a bad strategy. It's kind of crappy, but is it bad? I'm not <laughs> sure. sure. It's bad.
0: Yeah, it's not going to win you any. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're not friend. winning any
1: friends, but you might win the game.
0: Yeah, but you, yeah, that's true. And you know, it is AT and T after all. This is the company that puts the uh, fake 5G emblem on its uh, phones, right. on its 4G phones right now, and then con- tries to convince consumers uh, that this is a good thing and this is this is a great idea. Um. All right. Before I get too wound up about AT&T, let's take a <laughs> quick break. And then when we come back, we'll talk about, um, which carrier, uh, strategy seems to be, uh, the best one so far in terms of pricing, what little we've seen. And then, uh, maybe, um, we can get into a little bit about, uh, uh what we think this is going to cost because I don't think they're going to hold off on charging us directly forever. I think this is going to, uh, be available on all plans in in some way, pretty soon.
1: Yeah, right. They uh, got to make that five G money. Yeah, that's right. Five
0: yep. G money. We'll we'll uh uh, uh we got to make some money too. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Alrighty. <laughs> We're back. It's a light reading podcast. I'm Phil Harvey. He's Mike Dano. Hello, Mike. Hello, hello. And uh, we were talking about 5G pricing. We talked about AT&T and how infuriating it is. Um, (laughs) Uh, But let's talk about, uh, I guess, with uh, T-Mobile, they've kind of somehow slipped into the background uh, in all of this. And I think part of that's intentional. They're, uh, They're trying to get this merger with Sprint closed. But what have they said publicly about how they're going to charge consumers or whether they're going to charge consumers for 5G.
1: Yeah. T-Mobile's been very clear uh that they're not going to charge a premium for 5G. Uh they said that that early on um and have and have continued to, you know, to 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 say that in subsequent, you know, uh settings. So, you know, that's their plan. Um they did say that they might make money from 5g by charging in other scenarios you know for example a fixed wireless service or services to enterprises that kind of thing but in terms of the uh verizon style ten dollar a month a month surcharge you're you're not going to see that from t-mobile and i think that there's a reason for that in that uh their their plan for 5g you know is to go nationwide on their 600 megahertz spectrum uh and the t-mobile cto neville ray did say that uh that when they launch uh, 5G on that 600 megahertz spectrum, it's basically going to double their, their LTE speeds. And mm-hmm. is that worth an extra ten dollars a month? You know, you're doubling it from 30 megabits a second to sixty megabits, 60 megabits a second. Is that worth an extra ten dollars, five dollars, even two dollars? I mean, the, you know, carriers have been increasing their speeds over the past you know, their LTE speeds over the past few years. We haven't paid anything extra for that. Why would we pay f- for a 5G bump? I think it's I think it's a I think it's a move you know, it's a, it's a move due to a variety of factors, the sprint acquisition, but also just because of, I think there's not much that they can charge extra for.
0: with that Right. Kind of yeah. And still probably another savvy move because if you're trying not to attract too much negative publicity, uh, while you're closing a m- massive acquisition, um, fleecing customers for, um, <laughs> for a new service is probably not the way to go. Um, I do find it interesting, uh, what you, you brought up a great point, And this is another thing I sort of learned and didn't really appreciate until, until I started talking with the Sprint folks at the, uh, at their, uh, 5g launch, which is, um, you're right. LTE because of the way they're they um, because it's not millimeter wave and they're doing it on a different mid band spectrum, or at least Sprint is they, they're, um, doing it with dual antennas. So they're simply going up and uh, to their LTE antennas, replacing them with, uh, uh, massive MIMO dual antennas that can do 4G and 5G at the same time. So 4G service is automatically getting an upgrade at the same time that they're installing, you know, that they're rolling out 5G. So they're really, it, it is interesting because it's like, there's, there's almost a, uh, a bigger incentive to switch or stay with Sprint because maybe you want 5G eventually, but for the time being, you just want a really good 4G connection. Well, now they can actually, you know, in in certain cities, they can say that with some authority that their 4G connection is better than it's ever been.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, and really Sprint is not alone in improving their 4G LTE network. I mean, you know, when 4G first showed up a good, you know, seven to 10 years ago, I mean, you'd, you'd be, you'd be pretty uh, psyched if you got five megabits a second on on an LTE connection. And today uh, that's, it's table table stakes and most carriers are providing, you know, 20 to 30 to 40 to 50. I've seen a hundred, I've seen 150 megabits a second on LTE. So it's like, they've been increasing the speeds over the past few years without any price increases, you know, around that. So I think that also complicates their 5G message. It's like, you know, I've I've seen my connection speed up a lot and, and, uh, and, and I haven't paid anything extra for it. So why would 5g be any different?
0: Yeah. And they're not all starting from the same place either. Um, like you mentioned, uh, AT&T, you know, they, they don't have the best possible coverage here in Fort Worth, but when you go to downtown Dallas, where their headquarters is, um, on the outskirts of downtown Dallas, and I've tested this on my, my, iphone 6 you can get something in the order of 60 to 70 megabits per second so yeah it's a it's, it's a crazy really good connection
1: yeah the speeds that you can get off lte now are just kind of insane and sprint uh is well at the forefront of that with their massive mimo stuff i mean they're they're doing things in lte that probably five or ten years ago people didn't think were possible and now sprint is doing it you know in a commercial environment on lte so
0: yeah yeah. So it, it, you're right. I, I think at the, at the very least for, especially for the consumer, it complicates, um, you know, it is an incentive to sort of switch or stay with the carrier, but it also complicates the messaging because 5g is doesn't suddenly, isn't this, you know, suddenly isn't this insane boost. It's uh it's a, it's a pretty good boost. And, and of course the real kicker, and I think this is also going to weigh into the pricing and with, you know, when and where, they sort of figure out how to charge for it and what to charge for it. Um, It's this idea of like, are we going to see new services and when are we going to see new services rolling out on 5G networks? That's where I think the, the, the revenue potential is still sort of off in the future, I guess.
1: Yeah, really. We really haven't seen, I mean, yeah, so far we're, like I said, we're six months into 5G from sort of the initial first commercial market launches and, yeah we haven't seen really any specific specific 5g services you know um yeah we just we're it's still it's still real early days for 5g but there's not honestly not much to talk about so far i i expect that will change over the you know coming years um but right now the 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 5g story is that they're turning on markets and speeds are pretty good <laughs> and yeah and that's about it. I mean, it's, you know, it's only available on Sprint's most expensive plan and, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's sort of these real basic, real basic advancements. Um, but I, I, you know, like I said, I, I think that, I think that things will change uh, over the coming months and years. And, you know, all the carriers continue to argue that uh, the enterprise opportunity in 5g is, is pretty serious and and will develop, you know, in the near term, um, and And we've seen some uh, specific enterprise deployments of 5g in uh, manufacturing settings and healthcare settings so you know it's it, it's coming along but yeah in terms of material 5g revenues from price increases or anything we haven't seen anything that any of that stuff yet and probably won't for a while
0: right and it does bring up one last issue for for me anyway is this idea of getting people to those top tier um, uh, pricing, uh, buckets, you know, when they, the, the, the sort of, you know, the, the thing that T-Mobile, I think really infused the industry with was simplifying the way that pricing was done for mobile service, you know, giving consumers few, fewer choices, cleaning up the clutter, making it really simple to pick, uh, low, medium or high. And then of course they're probably driving everyone to the medium, but, but you have that, you know, that option. And then another thing that T-Mobile did that I noticed was Sprint's premium uh, unlimited package, the one that has 5G attached now in certain markets. It's interesting because they're not just giving you a connectivity service, they're giving you lots of content services on top of that. So I think that's another maybe more compelling <laughs> uh, trend that's happening with, with carriers is that they're realizing that bandwidth alone will not entice consumers. Um, I think in Sprint's case, they're doing the title music service, Amazon prime. Uh, I think they have Hulu on there as well. So three different, um, premium content services that they're bundling, um, with the price of the cell service that's plus unlimited data and so on and so forth. That's a, you know, that's, that's definitely a lot more than connectivity.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's been. I, I think the, you know, the the trends in wireless pricing over the longer term, over the past you know five to seven years, have been really interesting to watch because, I mean, I think all of us remember uh, just a few years ago we were paying for you know ten gigabytes a month, and then there was ten gigabytes, yeah. gigabytes a month shared, you know, on a on a family plan, and then it was twenty gigabytes a month shared on a family plan, and then it was you know it was you could watch all the netflix you wanted but the uh, the rest of it was on the 10 gigabytes and you know you're breaking all this stuff up and and i think uh uh i'm sure that many families were s- t- split in twain because the you know the <laughs> teens were chewing up all the data leaving right those of us uh harried fathers without any data left but we you know we've, we've sort of left all those days behind us right like we're all a lot of us i think are on um these unlimited plans. And like you said, like they've, they've done a lot of work to make unlimited, not unlimited. There's the cheap unlimited that doesn't have any of the features and no international roaming, no hotspots. And then you've got the, you know, the good, better plan. There's a good, better, best, and the better plan has, you know, some extra features and functions. And then, Hey, the best unlimited plan has all this extra whiz bang video, all kinds of stuff. And, uh, and that's, that's where, that's where it looks like we are now is that 5g at least initially these, these, this first year of 5g, it's, it's, it's basically an addition to the best unlimited plan. You've got the good plan, the better plan and the best plan and the best plan has 5g in it. And that's kind of where 5g is in 2019.
0: Yeah. That's a, and, and I think, I think there's some, some, some amount of brilliance to that. Although uh as we wrap up the podcast Mike it does leave us in a in a in an awful spot. Uh us fathers now have to really come up with something good to complain about because we're getting all <laughs> oh, the get data. Oh don't get me started.
1: <laughs> let me tell me tell you about that. <laughs> my ki- my kids are literally outside right now doing nothing. They're doing nothing. <laughs> Might as well just be laying down. Just How doing, high is your grass? Uh, yeah, exactly. Get the lawnmower How many leaves are in the yard? <laughs> When's let trash me, day? Let me introduce you to my your new friend, the weed whacker.
0: <laughs> That's, That's right. That's going to be a t-shirt on light reading, I'm sure, at some point. <laughs> Okay, that's our show. The podcast is mixed and edited by Tien Fu, senior producer in our New York-based Light Reading video team. You can reach us by emailing editors at lightreading.com or follow Light Reading on Twitter. We're uh, light underscore reading. For the articles and research discussed in the show, visit lightreading.com and search podcast. We put all of our show notes there. The podcast is available on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and who knows where else. Please do leave us a review on iTunes. It definitely helps. And we will be back very soon with another episode of the Light Reading Podcast. You there with the headphones. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.